from magical movies. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw, that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. Do you want to build a snowman or ride our bike around the I don't care how you kill the little beast, but do it! And do it now! You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. For the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff. Look, have I got it? The magic feather. Now you can fly. Ohana means family. Just a sec. Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? <laughs> That's very funny. I'm taking you to someplace pretty special. You won't find him here. <laughs> the king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glosson and Teresa Delgado. everyone and welcome to the most magical podcast on the internet this is disney vault talk and we have a whole lot of stuff to cover on this episode my name is steve gloss and we're looking back at this past weekend at the time of this recording d23 uh and man we're gonna have some fun but you know what if it was just me doing it i would be reading news headlines and have very little to comment in very little places. So, to help us make sure that we do this just right, we, of course we have to have the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, I'm talking about the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. I was born in the South, sometimes I have a big mouth when I see something that I don't like. I gotta say it. Hello, Teresa. I am so excited. I know you are, and there's there's a lot to cover. There's there's one or two big things that really caught my attention over this past weekend, and we'll get into oh, all of good. it. I'm so glad because it all caught my attention in my brain. I know. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, you were like texting left and right, like, hey, this happened. Hey, this happened. Hey, this is going on. And and I, know, I, was, and I, I interrupted your movie going experience because you had to know about one of these things. <laughs> what was I watching the, when you take tra- well, Transformers? Transformers. Which, yeah. by the way, here's a here's a preview for Geek Out Loud, everybody. I enjoyed Transformers the last night more than I enjoyed Spider-Man Homecoming. So we'll talk about that oh, on an up- ah. I know it's crazy, right? I, I'm not saying Spider-Man: Homecoming was bad. I'm just saying I enjoyed Transformers: The Last Night a little bit more. Now, to help uh, rein in this craziness, our man who was actually on the scene out at D23, uh, he is the 
the owner, operator, co-host, founder, god, and master of the Star Wars Report. Ladies and gentlemen, he's my friend. He's your friend. You know, he's, he's a friend to all, I guess. Maybe. Who knows? He's got friends that I don't know, even though they say I know them. My point is this. From the Star Wars Report, O'Reilly Blanton. What's well, happening? Welcome to Disney Vault Talk, Riley. Or welcome back, uh, I should unparalleled, say. Unparalleled, as always, unparalleled in your remarkable and unique skills for introducing people. Yeah, you know, sometimes I just don't know what to say, so I keep saying stuff until it's like you just throw a puzzle on the ground and you start sticking pieces together. And even if they don't fit, they end up, you know, together because you hammer them in there. And that's what I do with introductions. I just hammer well, them. Seriously, guys, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm so excited. Riley, I'm just excited in general. I don't really. And hey, guess what? This is our 60th episode. What? Whoa, my God. And it's all nice. this cool stuff. So, Riley, the last time you were on was we were talking about a movie you hadn't watched. I believe. <laughs> That's right. We That's were true. talking Beauty and the Beast. I, which, you know what? I've seen it. Yeah. But uh, not that one. The other one. Wow. Okay. You still have a live action one, right? I sure did. So, did you like it? I did. I love that movie. Yeah. So, I have a quick Beauty and the Beast story. All right. If I may throw down. My niece, whom I love, turned two years old uh, this past month. And uh, she had a little birthday party. And um, all the family that wanted one, they were making character shirts for. So... Um, I don't know some of the characters like my sister Rebecca, who's been on the show, had of course Ariel, and someone else had Mickey Mouse, and someone had Minnie, or my little niece Addie had Minnie, and um, my her mom, who my Addie's actually my great niece, but my niece, um, her mom said, "Do you want a character shirt?" And I'm like, "Sure, why not?" And she's like, "Who do you want?" I'm like, "I don't know. Who do you want to put on there?" She's like, "How about Beast?" I'm like, "Sounds good to me." And so I have a shirt now that has the Beast's face, and underneath it says Uncle Steve. Well, my sister Rebecca, who many of you remember from the Little Mermaid episode, um, comes in with the boy she married, this dude, and he is wearing a shirt that has Belle on it, and it says um, something about, I'd like some time to do some light reading, like she's surrounded by books and everything. And I know what he was doing because he knows he he's trying to be my friend. Oh dear! And and he's trying too hard oftentimes because normally uh-huh. what happens if he knows he's going to be around the family if he knows I'm going to be there he throws on a geek out loud shirt that he stole from my sister. And I'm like, you're not endearing yourself to me. You're not endearing yourself. So here he comes in with the bell shirt on, and I'm like, what is this? And he looks at me and says, perhaps there's something there that wasn't there before. And I wanted to body slam him, but I didn't. Wow. So, there that I can is. Imagine, I can imagine your face just going, Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. It, it, was, it was that face. It was that face that you know. So, Riley, you were in Anaheim for D23. On the ground. Yes, sir. Uh, on the cold, hard ground. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. 
Yes, quite literally. What in the, now? What does that mean? Did you did you end up spending the night at the? Uh... I, Steve, I haven't done this in a while. Okay, I feel like I got in touch with an an older fan version of myself. I waited overnight, uh, on the cold hard concrete. Did you um, did certain... you not do that at celebration a few months ago? Uh, I did not. The uh, last time I did that would have been celebration five. Maybe six. I'm so spoiled because I've often done press at these things. And so, like, you just have the pass and you go to the event and you go out and walk in. And, and of course, I was not, I mean, I was press, but I wasn't sanctioned to press <laughs> at T23 this right. year because I only was able to confirm that I could even go like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, I've been wanting a, an excuse to go out to the West Coast forever. And I've no, I've, I know a bunch of people out there. And I, um, I, D23 was just like the perfect thing. I'm like, all right, here we go. It's time. I'm going to check out this this whole Disney thing. I hear people like the Disney thing. Uh, and so that's how I made it out there. So, Riley, are you telling me you lived like a hobo for a couple of days? I mean, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Well, I, well, from what I hear, though, Riley, like, if you didn't sleep on the whole, on the floor, then you were not going to get into a panel, so. Nope. Pretty much. Yeah, so, like, actually, I, I had a great Friday. I wasn't actually at D23 Friday, but uh, I capped off my Friday night by going over to, uh, uh, I, I think you guys have probably met him or know him, J.C. Reifenberg's pop-up cantina, his uh, scum and villainy cantina. Uh, he got me there with another friend, and we got to hang out. Uh, it was awesome, but, like, I just hung out there till super late and then drove straight down to Anaheim, and, like, about midnight I got there and just got straight in line. Wow. So so even at, so at D23 they were doing the whole lineup all night long thing. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. No. Y'all now, look, I, can I I just want to say something really quickly and we'll get into this. I just want to say this has to end. <laughs> and it's not and it's not going to end until fans step up and say this has to end. Let me tell you like Steve, it's it's not even it's it's it, there's no nice way of putting this. It looked like a refugee camp. Yes, yes. It might only yeah. a lot more of those like weird inflatable um, like banana lounge type things that you see on the Facebook ads. There are a lot of those out there. Uh, now, okay. So here's the thing, Steve and Riley. You weren't there on Friday, so hopefully you've seen some of this stuff. I'm going to enlighten you I guys. I saw the crowd reaction. I think I know what you're about to say. Okay. So, Steve, you remember how we were saying that at Celebration, there was some line kerfuffle and, like, people didn't get in that had waited overnight for panels and stuff? I vaguely remember that, yes. Okay. It happened again, only slightly worse really if that's possible so it wasn't for the first panel of the day which was the legends panel it was actually for the animation panel and mm-hmm. they apparently had two and i could be getting this way wrong and we'll talk to sarah and richard Wolowski from skywalking through neverland they were there but there were two queues for this thing apparently and in, in slightly separate places and then as they were moving a corral of people Somehow, the corral got flipped to where 
all the people waiting in the back of the line that hadn't been waiting for four or five plus hours ended up in the front and got in. And all the people that were waiting in the back did not or that had been in the front. Oh, wow. We're now in the back and they didn't get in. At oh, all. my goodness. And there was also something else with about a thousand people or something somehow managed to get in without, I don't know, maybe going through all the proper security or something. Teresa, there was let me, something. Uh, uh, let me, I'm just going to fast forward and give a little preview of what we're going to talk about in a second. But fast forward to Saturday morning when they actually gave some wristbands to those people who waited yes. but didn't get in uh, for the following for the live action films panel. And there's this whole segment of the audience over to the right that Alan Horn gets up on stage and he's like, hey, so who was at the uh, animation panel yesterday? No, and like a whole no. corner of the room just goes, boom. Nice. <laughs> they didn't make it. I was nice. Like, wow. Who? Yeah, so they did. A, f- a friend of mine was one of the ones that this happened to, and they did get wristbands for guaranteed entrance into the live action panel. But the thing that stinks about that is that now there's all these people that probably may not have gone to the live action panel. Maybe they would have. But now they're getting in guaranteed, and so people waiting in line for the live action panel like may me. or may not get in. Yeah. So who so, was who was who's in charge of this thing? I mean, obviously, I know it's a Disney deal, but I mean, are they working with uh, a, a third party organizer like a Reed Pop or something? No, not that I'm aware of. I mean, yeah, when three um, is the organizer, and and it's owned by Disney, so it's technically Disney, but it, it is like a it is its own organization that okay. runs the um, the convention. All right. Yeah. So that's where you point the finger at then. Yes. Mm. So there was there was definitely line issues, and I did make a comment on Facebook somewhere that I said, unfortunately, this is going to be one of those things as Comic-Cons become less just like smaller events and they're becoming massive fan events. You know, I think we're going to see this kind of stuff a lot more, but Riley, what was the difference for you between D23 and Star Wars Celebration? It's um, it's a lot more trade showy, like the the present. There's a lot of because Disney's such a huge corporation. There are so many elements of the company that they want to showcase, and that's like the one event where they do it all. So whether it's the parks or whether it's Lucasfilm or whether it's Marvel or the animation studios, whether it's Pixar, like e- even on the on the show floor, unlike something like a Comic Con or Celebration, there's very little in terms of like a uh, fan presence like i mean fans are there in droves but like a celebration you have something like the belgian garrison that that builds these amazing you know almost to scale props uh that you can go take pictures with and there's just like a lot more passionate fandom and the experience of celebration is a lot more about well celebration and it sort of feels in some ways like this is a um like a ces but for disney uh, that would be, which which sounds kind of negative. Uh, there's a lot of really good things about it, and it is pretty well organized, despite that one kerfuffle. Certainly, way better than, than so many people's experience in in Orlando back in April. But uh, uh, it's it's also a little more subdued. Like it's not as um, rowdy in some ways. So Riley, are you talking when you when you talk about um, the idea of it being more like a trade show? Are we looking on the show floor of there being more? Uh, licensees and stuff and and fewer like independent dealer booths and that sort of thing? 
Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And you've got Pixar Place, and you've got all kinds of different stages where Disney itself is putting on programming, these sort of sub-stages where there might be like a history. I, I, I walked right by uh, a, like a, a History of Mickey Mouse presentation that was just going on on one of the smaller stages on the show floor. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of that kind of thing. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that that and I mean that would that would tend to lean into the more low key kind of thing. Yeah. Because exactly. you don't have a lot of people running around. There's you don't have your uh you know, your pin your great pin hunt and your um everyone, you know, lining up trying to uh you know, yeah, get the exclusive exactly. at this booth or that booth that you, sort of thing. I'll tell you what they did have, Steve. Um it's Disney, so they had a parade. Like periodically, oh, yeah. I would just hear a, a big band marching down the show floor. Like, yeah, oh, they had a, they had a parade every day. Duh. Yeah, nice. Of course, it's Disney. And they end now, and they end with fireworks. Now, Steve, I do know that there were a lot of booths that did have exclusives and lines to get in. I know that uh, the there was several stores that were set up. Disney Store had some exclusives. There were a few others. I don't remember the names of them, but one of them was a Star Tours bracelet thing that uh, I know a lot of people were clamoring to get. And her universe had mm-hmm. some exclusives, too. Okay. So that was still there, but no lotteries, you know? Right, <laughs> Like the right. Lego lottery or the Funko lottery. <laughs> So, um, before we get into this stuff, we're about to talk about everything. We're going to talk panels, parks, all that stuff. I do want to say, I want to just up front, we are using a ton of information, video, content, audio, things, depending on how Steve wants to use it. It's all right here. But it comes from InsideTheMagic.com, ChipAndCo.com, AllEars.net, and the D23 website. So, I just want to give a shout out to my friend Chip and Ricky over from Inside the Magic and Chip and Co and all these people that posted all this stuff so that I could compile it all to talk about Star it. StarWarsReport.com so. I don't have any of your links. <laughs> but okay. yes, we have some of Riley's stuff too. But I'm just saying, I wanted to let everybody know that I was not there. This is all stuff from other people because they rock. All right, so um, we're going to, since Riley, you were there on um, Saturday, we're going to come back and talk about Friday with the animation panel and the Legends ceremony and stuff and, um, and, and jump right into some of your experiences on Saturday. I know, it's a deal. I know a lot of people are itching to talk about um, the, uh, the, the parks and stuff, but we'll just try to go in order here momentarily. Um, let's start with the first panel you were in. You were in the live action panel. Yes, sir. Okay. Go. It was, it was a thing. It was a it thing. Was so much. It, all right. So here's the deal. They have so much to show off. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's a constant race against the clock. Because of course, after waiting all night, I mean, people are excited to be there. Um, and Alan Horn walks out on stage and gives his his spiel, and everyone claps. But then they there's a litany of all of the future live action projects. Mm-hmm. And they're all sort of competing for uh, attention because there's I, I, it kept just getting progressively more awesome and building up and building up and building up. And uh, I, I absolutely loved it. So 
Uh, I know, Teresa, you've got pretty much all the details of what all they talked about. If you asked me, I could probably name like three movies because there was just so much stuff. It was quite overwhelming. Well, from your experience, before we get into these one by one, um, what are what are the three moments that stand out to you from that panel the most? Absolutely. The uh, of course the Star Wars stuff because mm-hmm. it's Star Wars and I like I like the Star Wars. Uh, but the other thing that really personally uh, got to me was the um, uh, the Mary Poppins presentation mm-hmm. for Mary Poppins Returns because that's that is one of those Disney films that I saw so many times as a kid. They brought out the cast and they showed uh, they showed a sort of montage uh, what looked like a rough cut of a trailer, but they there was no audio and they they rolled out a live orchestra performing some of the new music from the film. And they really like it, that, that really got to be. And then of, of course the big, the centerpiece um, and the finale was the Marvel stuff, the MCU presentation. That's what they capped off the whole panel with, mm-hmm. ended it with. And it was, it was freaking Thanos and it was, it was iron spider. And yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to come back to that because you, you mentioned yeah. the centerpiece and then capping off with it and everything versus what I would think should be the crown jewel for them right now uh, as far as their live-action stuff goes, that being Star Wars. Um, I, I, we'll come back to that as, as we go through this. But um, this is a project we've heard about for a while, and it was confirmed a while back, but uh, Wrinkle in Time. They they finally debuted some stuff in a teaser trailer. Um, it's going to be debuting in theaters in March of next year. This is a book that, quite frankly, I don't remember. I remember it as a child, and the most I remember about it was kids eating breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first line. It was, a, it was a dark and stormy night, and that's about it. Uh, although it is one of those that we read several times as kids. Sure, yeah. Um, they brought out uh, Ava DuVernay kind of led the presentation. Each of them, Each of the films as they'd come up, Usually it was Alan Horn, and then he introduced another Disney executive. I don't remember his name, but he was the one who kind of ran the thing, and mm-hmm. he would usually bring up one of the directors, and the directors would kind of run the presentation for their film. So uh, Ava DuVernay, um, of course, presented on Wrinkle in Time. Uh, it, they showed the trailer. It was great. I was interested. The best part, and of course we all saw it coming, but they brought the poster, and then they announced yeah. that get a poster. And then, of course, they've already brought Oprah on stage. So I'm like, okay, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. I leaned over to uh, Dom Jones from Star Wars Underworld. He's sitting next to me, and I'm like, you know what's coming, right? And he's like, what? And then you hear on the, across the room, and you get a poster! And you get a poster! And, like, it was a big crowd pleaser. That was a that was a great presentation. Old Oprah, she knows how to work a crowd now. No, mm. The uh, the cast is really uh, impressive with this movie. Mindy Kaling, uh, Reese Witherspoon, the aforementioned Oprah, Chris Pine, and guys, I've said it before, I think I may be a pine nut. And so he may be enough to bring me to this film. Um, I'm going to have to revisit. I'm going to have to revisit the book. She's the new the the girl. Mm -hmm. She just looks awesome. I saw an Instagram video of her, and she was like, "Y'all better come see our movie." And she's just so stinking cute. And then there's this great picture of her and Daisy Ridley together. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like wow. So I'm excited for this. I don't really honestly remember the book either, so I'm probably going to read it before it comes out. But I'd just like to say it does come out the day before my birthday next year, so I'm very excited. I mean, it's def- it, it is, as I recall, it's a very short book. It's a children's novel, um, you know, or as we used to call them, you know, when we were kids, chapter books. 
as it were. Um, and I just, I, I know I read it in third or fourth grade, and I just don't remember it um, all that well. Yeah. So I, I may, too, revisit it um, just to see if it's something I'm interested to go to go visit in a theater. Um, Nutcracker in the Four Realms, this is something that's completely bypassed me. Um, and and something I probably won't set foot in a theater to watch, to be honest with you guys. Yeah, you know, I I might... I do like the Nutcracker. It's coming out at holiday time in 2018. The things that do intrigue me are the cast that we know of. Mm -hmm. Kira Knightley will be the Sugar Plum Fairy. Helen Mirren is going to be Mother Ginger. And Morgan Freeman is going to be Drosselmeyer. But I'm, Drosselmeyer. I'm sure he's also. I'm sure he's also narrating something. I'm narrating the Nutcracker, and I'm Drosselmeyer. And then Misty Copeland, who is one of the first, if I remember correctly, she's one of the first African-American ballet dancers for the um, American Ballet Company, if I'm correct about that. She's the first. They actually said on she's like the first um, lead dancer, uh, African-American lead dancer. That's actually yes. one thing they're really focusing on in the presentation was the choreography. Uh, and they, they even brought out the, um, uh, the mouse, the, the rat king. Uh, yeah, I want. Why do I want to? I want to call him Melchizedek from Narnia. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it, they brought him out. But they uh, they're doing a sort of new CGI thing that it wasn't ready to show anything from. But they brought in a uh, evidently like a well-known sort of artistic dance performer who has this really odd sort of fluid style of break dancing, and he's the one that they're going to use motion capture technology to do this sort of new CGI creation. And so he did like a they, he did a performance there, uh, and then was, I only wish Morgan Freeman had been there to narrate it. And Here's now, a man dancing on stage. As you can as you can see here, the man is dancing, it's break dancing with a fluid form. As you you notice the fluidity of his motions. Exactly. Um, I, the big thing I think that came out of just straight up Disney live action features was the Mary Poppins stuff. Yes. Um, I, a lot of people who were not sold on this now, Teresa, seem to be very sold on Emily Blunt. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She yeah was... well, and I think it's the emphasis on it being a sequel. And then she she made a comment about like nobody can do can out Julie Julie Andrews. And she was talking about making her Mary Poppins more true to the book and not as maybe kind of nice as Julie Andrews made Mary Poppins. Because apparently she's. Yeah, she's like supposed to be more like weird and like strange, I guess. Yeah, and and the footage they actually showed a couple um, brief clips uh, besides just that sort of montage with the orchestra, and 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 it is she she it is a very different Mary Poppins, but but just seeing the cast, and I think the real the real deal was um, I believe it's Rob Marshall directing it. If I'm not confusing my director, mm -hmm. he was, he was right. the one who was on stage. And like he took a couple minutes, and, he was, and it was sort of like a uh, stop. All right, everybody, stop for a second. Let me just explain. Let's get real here. You know, we understand what the original movie means, and this is not at all an attempt to just sort of like cheaply. This is not the Lion King two and a half of Mary Poppins. Hey. Careful, careful, yeah, careful. Hey, first of all, it's Lion King one and a half. Whatever. Thanks. <laughs> it's like and, and it, and it is hilarious. Remake that was a story of Timon and Pumbaa. That's right, I mean, and it's funny. funny. It's I funny. The, I picked the wrong crowd, didn't I? Yeah, um. yeah, yeah, Riley. Know your audience, son. 
Um, but yeah, he was like, uh, you know, like no, seriously, this is um, this is a we're putting in the effort to make a really high quality original musical. And they talked about the the music writing process, and of course they had the orchestra play. And then of course when they showed, you know, when they announced that Dick Van Dyke is returning, uh, you know, the place went nuts. Yeah, and apparently y'all got to see like in that clip, like he's dancing like on a table. Yes. What? And there's a kite scene. And I don't get to see this. I'm so pissed. (laughs) You'll get to see it, though, Teresa. It's it's coming. But the highlight was at the very end of the montage and the orchestra, like the strings rise in this sort of rising inspirational music and the clouds start to break. And off in the distance, you see just a glimpse of just the outline of a woman in a dress and an umbrella. And then it just like fades to black. And I, I'll admit, I got chills when, when I saw that. Well, what's Angela Lansbury doing in this thing? Uh, yeah, they, they announced her. She's playing, I forget what she's playing, but she's playing something. Not a huge role or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I just remember seeing it. She's going to be a balloon lady. Oh. I found it. Okay. Top into the balloon. Top into the balloon. Meryl Streep is Mary Poppins sister or cousin or something named Topsy Poppins. Here's a balloon. I'm a, it's a rebellion, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, look, the, the, the presence of Angela Lansbury now leads me to ask, when are we going to get the remake or the continuation of Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Right? That'd be great. Now, there's one thing we haven't mentioned, and Riley, you didn't say it, but in that little animation, or an animation, now I'm giving it away, in the little trailer they played, there was a very quick scene, I hear, that showed a mixture of 2D animation and live action. Yeah, there's the little gasp that went through the audience. I was was just like, oh, yes, they're doing it, which which it makes sense. You, You can't not. Yeah, well, you never know sometimes. As long as it's a penguin or two dancing around. Exactly. Pingwing. Pingwing. Um, the, a couple other things that got uh, confirmed. We've heard about Mulan. That was confirmed. Jungle Cruise starring The Rock, or Dwayne Johnson, mm-hmm. as he's called, was confirmed. Um, Aladdin was, had some cast announcements. Um, particularly Of particular interest to a lot of people, I think, is going to be that Will Smith is the genie. Oh, so excited! Yes! <laughs> I mean, big shoes to fill for Will Smith. Well, I'm not. Here's the thing for me. There's no way they can redo or whatever, very similar to a Julie Andrews, a genie done by Robin Williams. Like, that's not going to happen. So rather than try to get come close, I think they're just going a whole different direction with it. And I think that's better for everyone involved. So are we going to get then an original Will Smith rap? Or are yes. are we going to get a Will Smith parody called um, I don't know uh, getting genie with it? Getting genie with it. Go ahead and make a wish when you rub this lamp. You know that kind of thing. Wicky wild wild. Wicky wild. <laughs> No, not Wiki Wild Wild. <laughs> Wiki Wild. Wiki 
Mickey Wow Wow. It's Mickey now. Now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll yeah. Ex- app, <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope we get a. I hope we get a Will Smith rap. I really do. Getting Jeannie with it. Holding my microphone like 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 it like it was a freestyle rap competition. You got a friend in me. Um. Uh, what other cast announcements will we get on that? Is there any listings that we that we know? So for that one, it was there was a whole bunch of controversy leading up to it about them not being able to find an Aladdin, and they even went through. Oh my gosh, the the guy that played Bodhi, mm-hmm. um, Dev Patel, like a whole bunch of people, and they finally have settled on Aladdin and Jasmine. Aladdin is going to be played by Mina Masood or Masoud. Um, he's an actor. Um, he from he was in Jack Ryan, Open Heart, Saving Hope. Uh, he looks like he's probably a Muslim actor, maybe. Um, I don't know what country he's from. I'm just pulling this out. And then Jasmine is played by Naomi Scott, who was born in England in London but she also looks like her heritage is middle eastern of some sort so okay. it looks like they're you know doing i was going to say you know there was a kid there was a kid that played Ezra in the parks down in Orlando just tap him because he could do it mhm he looked the part so. if they couldn't find anybody so well yeah. that's going to be interesting i guess uh, you know i i'm having I'm having a hard time, and we've talked about this before on the show. I just have a hard time with some of these. We're we're making these animated features into live action. I have a hard time getting real stoked about it because I'm like, okay, cool. But we've seen this, and especially if you're reusing music, yeah. and I know there'll be new music and stuff, but but especially reusing music, it's one of those things that it, it's just kind of. I've got to be. They've got to do a hard sell on me because I'm just not there as far as just being super pumped the way. The way Teresa is, and I know Teresa, you, this this really fires you up. Well, Steve, and uh, it was brought up in the chat, and I went to go and double check it. But Naomi Scott is Kimberly, the Pink Ranger from the Power Rangers movie. Well, she did a fantastic job. Well, she's going to be Jasmine. Well, she's going to be a fantastic Jasmine. There you go. By the way, really disappointed that Power Rangers didn't do well enough to be for there to be sequel talks and everything. I was really excited no. about the direction that thing was going. Um. So they showed a picture of Tim Burton in Casey Jr. I've mm-hmm. I've also seen floating around a maquette of Dumbo. Yes. Yeah, they brought that up on stage actually, uh, and it was basically the full scale model that they had built. That's going to be the basis for the uh, for the CGI Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pretty. It was quite something. It was very. It was very reminiscent of the animated feature, but um, still kind of stylized differently and you can kind of see where they're going with it uh, kind of in the same way that uh, the jungle book was you know obviously much more realistic so it was a much more realistic baby elephant but still with sort of the features that you would recognize from dumbo sure all right now riley i want you to set the stage for me for how this last piece of um information out of out of the live action panel as far as disney movies go um did this hap- did this did this clip happen with no preamble at all? Um that is correct. To my memory, did they say anything? No, I don't think they did. So lights go um, down. It was like a it was like a we got one more thing for you from the animated, you know, from the uh from the live uh, action from live action films. So and then it 
shuts down and and then the sun and then the sun breaks over the horizon. Steve, this was by the, the we're going to talk about Avengers. That's by far the biggest reaction, mm-hmm. but sure. the a clear close second of the loudest crowd reaction. Okay, was, so so here I, I just I want the picture painted. Lights are down, and then a sun breaks over the horizon. Yes, sir. And and, and do you hear this? Hold on. And do you hear? And do you hear this? That's the one. Yes. That's the one. That's a great moment right there. And it was. And then, like, they showed the whole opening scene, the entire circle of life sequence. Shut your mouth. From the new film, yeah, it was amazing. Wow. Like, it was. It was shot for shot, almost exactly the same, mm-hmm. but with just a few different touches. Um, that that just kind of fit the the live action format a little bit more, and it was just it was it was beautiful. It was so beautifully. And I mean, we already know from Jungle Book and some of the others that they this amazing capability they have. But just seeing it from the Lion King, it's just awesome. And then Baby Simba sneezed, mm-hmm. and he I sneezed. heard it was so cute. People freaked out from the sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're playing the Circle of Life while this is going on. Oh yeah. Oh, it, yeah, is it is it from the original though? Like, I mean, obviously they haven't re-recorded. Yes. Okay. No, from the original. And then it's just boom, the Lion King, and the crowd goes nuts. And then Ryan Johnson has to walk on stage. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that's a drop the mic and walk away moment. Exactly. You know, that is that is like, and peace out, everyone. We'll see you in two years at D twenty three. You know, that's that's that kind of moment, uh, if you ask me. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, I'm just yeah. saying, if I had been there and I was sitting next to Riley, like I would have been sitting on top of Riley's head because I would have like just climbed all over him and jumped on top of him and been like, ah! There's, um, uh, <laughs> there is a girl I, we met in line, uh, and 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 so we kind of we had sort of a group that formed overnight that that were all in the general vicinity, and we all sat together in the panel. Uh, she wrote she wrote for she was press she wrote for Bleeding Club. God, I, can't remember her name. I feel bad because, but I will say this: she was sitting next to me, and she was just she burst into tears at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a beautiful thing. So Riley's out meeting people and rubbing elbows. Uh, yes, and 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 consoling people who who've just been totally emotionally compromised from seeing the next Lion King footage. It was amazing. Yeah, but those are tears of joy. But I, you know, I, I and again, I want to come back to this. Love the Lion King, and I would have been I would have been caught up in the moment of this. I'm sorry, the presentation alone of one more thing, lights go down, sun breaks over the horizon to the song. Yes, I would have been caught up in the emotion, but then I would have stepped away and thought, so it's CG versions of everything we've seen before. Yeah, and I actually, I, I, I thought that a little bit too. Um, I, I did not have the um, the love for Jungle Book that everyone seemed to have. I mean, I enjoyed the film, right. but it didn't really add anything new for me. Um, and and it was just kind of a little, it was sort of like a little less musical, more realistic version of Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure that it was fun, but I, I, I really hope that that's not the case with, with Lion King. Sure, sure. I, well, look, again, I, I don't think the moment is lost on anybody. Exactly. What an amazing yeah. moment. Yeah. So, of course, you know what? I would take Teresa 
I would gladly take sitting in somewhere and they're like, well, we've got one more thing to show you. Lights go down, an animated sun breaks over the horizon and the song, <laughs> and it's just the actual opening from Lion King. I'd be like, yes, show the whole thing! Because <laughs> as, as we have talked about on this show, we love some Lion King. We do. Love, love, love. So, yeah, poor Ryan Johnson, huh? Star Wars. Yeah. So... Star Wars, Look, guys. I mm, this is like, not this is not the place for this right now. But I've got to say, mm-hmm. um, I'm very cool on Star Wars right now. I'm very cool on 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 the Last Jedi. The behind the scenes sizzle reel didn't do it for me. Let um, me let me back you up a little bit, Steve, because the the the, the reaction of the crowd was definitely way more muted than something like at a celebration. Mm-hmm. Even for the presentations that we're having there, it didn't get much of a reaction. But I'll tell you what the most telling thing about the um, the sizzle reel they showed are the, the the memes coming out afterwards. It's it's like the, it's the space penguin, which is awesome. Ah, penguin. But like that's that Teresa's reaction right there. That's about the extent of what we can appreciate out of the sizzle reel. All I care about, and really all I want to talk about, is like all the Star Wars land stuff. I mean, the it was cool. We got a few new pictures. The cast came out. It was Ryan Johnson just like desperately trying to, in ten minutes, pitch the film. Um, and he's like, and, and then they didn't even show the post. You know, the posters they released. Yeah. Where like don't have eyes anymore. They didn't even show those in the presentation. Like we checked Twitter afterwards, and they're like, oh, there's the posters, I guess. So what is the space? Wait, what is the space penguins thing you're talking about? Space penguin. Yeah, Teresa, you're the penguin person around here. You want, you want to explain this phenomenon? Is this that game that you didn't like, Teresa? The Club Disney Penguin game? No, not Club Penguin. Stupid <laughs> Club Penguin. Um, no. So there's some characters that they show in the in the sizzle reel. Several different creatures, I guess you would say, and one of them is a little big-eyed, penguiny-looking thing See, called he- a porg. He looks more like an otter to me. Well, it kind of... He doesn't really have a nose. He's like a flat that's face, a, like a penguin that's a pretty, kind of. Uh, that's a pretty plump little otter, I'm just saying. Well, right. I mean, it, okay. He's a porg, which is like a penguin otter put together in a name. And, sort of. and pig. Are you <laughs> talking about the thing with the big, sad black eyes? Yes, that's the space penguin. Yeah, it looks more like an otter to me. Okay, well, he's cute. And he was a, one of the best things. I'll say one of the other best things about that is always John Boyega. And he's like, Ryan needs to work on his Wookiee noises. Get a different director. Can't even do a Wookiee noise. And I was just like, dude, you're so fun. Yeah, I, it was a lot of kind of showing them having fun behind the scenes. They, they just didn't have anything to show. I mean, that, yeah, that's the truth. They showed it a celebration. We got celebration. And that's, you know, uh, that's what it was. But from a marketing standpoint, um, yeah. it, it's a... We're getting close to time for an actual trailer. Yeah, Monday um, Night Football. I, I Monday heard, Night Football. I heard there was some even some fairly last minute decisions on what they were they were trying to decide what to what to show and whether or not to release a new trailer, and they ended up saying uh, deciding to wait on it. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised that there were last minute decisions going on right now at Lucasfilm, but. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, guys, I've got to be real. I'm sorry. I've got to be real. Um, th- there was one thing that Boyega said, and again, this is not the place for this discussion. One thing that Boyega says in that sizzle is Ryan is bringing something new and fresh to Star Wars. And mm-hmm. and maybe it's the old folky in me, but I'm like, hey, George Lucas tried that with episodes one, two, and three, and everybody blew up at him. Yeah. 
you know, and so I'm like, quit, quit everyone acting like this is a good thing because y'all didn't like it when it happened the first time around. I so, did. Right, present yeah, present company you, I, excluded. I see what you're saying, uh, Steve, and I don't. There was a sense what they were because there it wasn't really talked about in a lot of like the the press stuff that came out and 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 that it was all kind of focused on the penguin, um, but. There was at least I counted three or four times throughout the presentation where uh, phrases like uh, "different," "surprising," uh, "a twist," or like "unexpected," not exactly what you'd want. I think it's. I think that we're doing that at some point. That it, Ryan's trying to subvert expectations here in in a, in a way. I, that's that's incredibly vague. I know. Well, color me but. color my expectations subverted. <laughs> Well, and and here's the thing, the way he spoke on stage, I will say this: he did seem a lot more comfortable and confident mm-hmm. in the filming process. Maybe that's like everything else around him at Lucasfilm is, is is kind of crashing and burning and and repairing and rebuilding. And he's just like smooth. Everything I've heard, uh, which is like always fourth and fifth hand behind the scenes, is like smooth sailing. Like he wrote it, he directed it. It's what they want. Uh, so I'm kind of thinking, I, I'm optimistic. But as far as the presentation itself, just not a lot to go on. Yeah. Yeah. Johnson's just glad his last name isn't Lord or Miller. Let's just, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and I have all kinds of opinions on that that it's not time to get into because we're celebrating all things Disney from D23, and there's some great stuff that came out of it. All right. Iron Spider suit, and it was like, swing, and then there was like, all right, I'll stop. Okay, so... All right, we we get into the Marvel stuff from from the Star Wars stuff, and mm-hmm. um, and, and and here's something that I wasn't really thinking about until I read some of the reports. Literally, it's been it's been um, next. It, it will be next year. Will have been ten years since the release yes. of Iron Man in 2018. Yep. So we we're yeah, coming they up. Failed right at the beginning of. The, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Right at the beginning of the um uh, uh, when you know. Kevin Feige walks up on stage, he introduces the 10-year logo, uh, and that was pretty cool. Which, that means that I'm coming up on the 10-year anniversary of Geek Out Loud. Wow. Here in a couple of months. Dang. So, I've got to figure out when that is. Um, Exactly. Yeah, no, it was... They showed this, right at the beginning, they they did like a a look-back sizzle, and it's just like a reminder of like, man, there's so many like just great superhero movies that we've had. I'm, I'm, what a time to be alive. It was just like, I don't even need any new footage. Uh, that was just awesome. And then, of course, they went on to show some Black Panther stuff. And, mm, and the Avengers. Oh, yeah, I don't have... But I mentioned Thanos. Okay, Thanos. Hold, hold on a second. I'm sorry. So they showed some Black Panther stuff? Yeah, they brought out the cast, and they I, they didn't show any footage, any new footage. Okay, but they, all right. There were some new pictures. I don't know if they posted them online or not. Great. But, I mean, there was some Black Panther stuff in the Avengers Infinity War. Sure, of course, of course. Um, Talk about the footage. I mean, because they had the whole cast out. Robert Downey Jr., Chadwick Boseman, the aforementioned uh, Black Panther. Chris Hemsworth was there. Thor, Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner. Elizabeth Olsen, who plays Scarlet Witch. Anthony Mackie, who plays uh, Falcon. Sebastian Stan, of course, the Winter Soldier. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange. Josh Brolin, who does play Thanos. Karen Gillan, who plays, um, oh my gosh, uh, Nebula. Nebula. And Tom Holland, of course, as Spider-Man. 
Um, and and um, I forgot to put him on there. The War Machine. Yeah, Don Cheadle. Oh, Don, Don Cheadle was Cheadle. there. Don okay. Cheadle was there too. All right, so Riley, yeah. walk us through what right. you can remember. So, like that list goes all the way down, and then you're waiting, and then right at the end, uh, Kevin's like, "And," and he just says it very quietly into the mi- microphone, "Iron Man." Robert Downey Jr. Nice, and like the place just yeah. Ah, it was, he, uh, it's I mean it's 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 Iron Man, right? Yeah. So uh, he walk they walk out. They, they he does like a very very brief interview thing, and then he's like, "All right, we got something to show you guys." I'm not gonna. I love Kevin Feige. I've never really I've, I've seen like a few brief interview clips or something, but um, he's I, I love that guy. He's just like, "Yeah, guys, we're here. We've got all kinds of awesome stuff to show you. Let's see it." Not this like. And we might have something, or like one more thing. No, he didn't. Be a, he didn't. Uh, he didn't mess around at all. He uh, just said, "Here's the footage," and what they showed was uh, a clip. It starts up. Uh, the The screen fades in from black, and you see the Guardians of the Galaxy on the ship navigating through this uh, war torn. It kind of looked like Alderaan from from A New Hope. This will look like an exploded planet, uh, meteorites and asteroids everywhere, and then suddenly on the screen, smash. Uh, a, a carcass smashes a into carcass? the screen. What's the name of a carcass? Name? Yeah, uh, yeah, a corpse, a carcass. It's a, a dead body frozen in space. Mm. And I'm like, everybody's like, what's that? And it fit, and it fades out, fades back in. It's back inside the ship. I think what is it? The Starhawk. What is? It used to be called Milano, but I don't know what the new ship's going to be called. Yeah, uh, but anyway, he uh, it fades in, and you see. This it's, it's barely recognizable, and Mantis uh, puts her hand down and touches the forehead, and boom, sitting up into frame is Chris Hemsworth, Thor. Oh, nice. And, uh, he's in his full Thor Ragnarok gear uh, with a short haircut, and then it just fades back out. And then what? Oh, yeah. Follows, she was there, too. Mantis was there, too. Sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. At which point... It just fades out, and they cut to like this two-minute montage of clips showing the like. It was also fast; I can even barely remember it. It was essentially just building up the plot throughout the film, just like these little fractal moments of the conflict of of, of Tony and the Black Panther crew and the Guardians, and you see all these build-up moments uh, that it was just overwhelming. I couldn't even recount any of them. And then right at the end, you see this extended tracking shot that reveals. Uh, on this weird, like, I can't even remember the location. It was very overwhelming, as you can mm. tell. And it reveals the all the Avengers getting ready to fight, suiting up. And you see the Black Panther crew. And then you also see the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then, skating into frame, uh, swings Iron Spider, the Iron Spider suit. Peter now, what's that, what's that suit look like? Is it the one that he shows him at the end of Homecoming? Yeah. It is. Uh, it's very similar, but it's a modified version. It, I, it was a lot. It was darker. Okay. Um, but that's all I can remember, to be honest. All right. Uh, and then, and then, it weirdly, this long tracking shot that's revealing them kind of um, rotates up at towards the sky, which is getting quickly darker and darker. And this kind of nebulous figure comes from the cloud and crashes down and lands suddenly, and just with a smile and a laugh, it's Thanos, and it's a entirely different like hulking uh not blue thanos <laughs> he was like weirdly more humanoid uh so he wasn't purple different. like he didn't have no. the well mm. that doesn't make sense yeah it was 
It was. Was it the lighting? Was it the lighting? He's holding that glove, very, and it's. It very well could have been the lighting because okay. it was this sort of weird location. But it's just him laughing, and then it's you know it's the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Avengers, all uh, attacking Thanos, and he just starts hurling meteors down from the sky. It's like it's it's absurd. It was awesome, and then of course it's just like then it faded out, and they're like goodbye. Then they dropped the mic, and they're like goodbye, everybody. Thanks for coming. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I know, right? That's fantastic. Yeah, that's that fires me up a little bit, man. Um, and two, we've seen some of the stuff that was on display there on the showroom floor as far as Thanos. And uh, people are saying it's the children of Thanos. It's the Black Order, um, yes. which I can't remember the names of the people. I'd have to go back and look. But I remember him working with uh, some different people, and I can't remember their names off the top of my head. But um, Yes. Yes. Let me ask you guys this. I was told this the other day. Um, I believe I was talking to Scott Rifen, um, and talking about. Have you both seen the Spider-Man Homecoming? Not yet. Okay. Well, I don't want to spoil anything. But you know, they moved from Avengers Tower in Ultron to the big building that they're in now, mm-hmm. with Ant Man and everything. We see it also in Captain America: Civil War. Um. They're saying that uh, the, the the purchaser of the um, of the Avengers Tower may be, have the last name Baxter, so that may become the Baxter Building. And and I, that doesn't really mean anything to non lifelong Marvel fans. But yeah, if, you lost me. If well, but see, here's the thing: if that's the case, then that means that Marvel has worked out something with Fox to get those Fantastic Four right somehow, some way. Oh yeah. Hang on. I'm all for that, man. So, ah, no, I got so, sorry. I just realized, guys, I got so excited doing the play-by-play, reliving that Infinity War. I just realized that I'm almost out of time. Yeah, you are. I, I was about to say Star Wars parks. Ah, uh, well, tell okay. tell us the, quickly. I'll give you like the the one minute version, and then uh, you guys go crazy. Okay. Because I wasn't actually one minute. Panel. Steve Steve will will time you just saying. <laughs> oh boy, I shouldn't have. Oh, wait, is this Riley's Disney minute? <laughs> Uh, do you want it to be? Because I can pull up the stopwatch. But uh, now I want more time. Uh, but, okay, yeah, just go. Go. Right. Tell us. So, at, walked out, went straight to the Galaxy of Stories exhibit where they have the miniature of the Star Wars land, which we now know as Galaxy's Edge. It's absolutely incredible. I have all kinds of pictures and video posted at StarWarsReport.com. Uh, and uh, it was just an incredible experience because it's immersion. It's different than anything Disney has ever done before because instead of, like, here's this ride, no, then here's this ride, no. It's an immersive, singular Star Wars planet that you can experience complete with a hotel that has an ongoing storyline as you stay there. It's Star Wars Westworld. Uh, so it was amazing. And also, hey, I met Doug Chang uh, just hanging out, watching people look at the model because he helped design it. And I thought that was pretty cool, too. That's it, guys. Uh, how was that? Did I do it? I didn't start the timer, Riley. I, I was, I was, I, I was not clear on whether or not I was supposed to. Oh well, I feel like it was close enough. So, Riley, you've close got to run because you've got a hot date. I do uh, a hot date with composer Hans Zimmer. Oh, that's actually. right. And and when, what lady are you taking to see Hans Zimmer? Uh, I'm taking uh, <laughs> two ROTC buddies. <laughs> Ladies. It's my, it's the life of Riley. Well, hold on a second. I've got to do this for you. I'm going to give you this joke this one time. All right. He's single. Ladies. So. 
right. Hit him up at StarWarsReport.com. You can find all things Riley and Star Wars Report over there. Riley, thanks for joining us, buddy. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on Disney Vault Talk, guys. Appreciate it. I'm ready to hear about Hans Zimmer, so let us know how it was. Will do. Will all right, do. man. See Talk ya. Bye-bye. Oh, Riley's gone. Aw. Aw. Teresa, I need to take a quick break. I'm going to play some seagulls. Stop it now. Uh, Sounds to, good. To take a quick break because I, I think my stove is on. Uh-oh. says boogie i like to groovy boogie <laughs> so um for, for those wondering stove was on but it was on simmer i had some rice cooking earlier and uh it's it's That's perfect why you need a rice cooker mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well if i do a rice cooker i can't what i like to do is <clears throat> here we go here's the fun tangent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i like to take some chicken thighs skin on bone in <laughs> And um, take a take a deep pan and 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 cook those babies up. Just kind of pan sear them, get them good and cooked through. And then um, pour the water over them. I, I I may take them out and pull the bones out and pull the skin and everything and just put the meat back in the little pan. But then pour some water over them and put a little rice in that mess and a little salt, a little pepper, and then put the lid on it and uh, cover it up. Let it simmer for you know. The allotted amount of time. In this case, it was it's brown rice, so it takes a little bit longer than your regular white rice or your parboiled. And um, it is some tasty stuff. Go I'm going to be making rice for myself after we're done. Oh, the same for the first time ever. Oh, really? In a rice cooker. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you can't go wrong with a rice cooker. Now they actually do a really good job. So. And then I'm also making Parmesan crusted salmon. Oh well, that sounds absolutely divine. It does, and my husband prepped everything and left it for me with instructions on how to do it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's. I'm scared. Well, let's back up and um, and let's get into what what went down Friday. And again, this is a lot of information that comes to us from inside the Magic Chip and Company, AllEars.net, the D23 website. So, um, mm-hmm. so we we appreciate all of the coverage that has been done all over the place. Um. Teresa, what is Galaxy of Stories? All right. So, Riley mentioned it earlier, but Galaxy of Stories was essentially the pavilion dedicated to Star Wars land, which we know the name of it now, but we'll talk about that more when we start talking about parks. Essentially, it opened to the media 
Thursday, and they showed images and video of it, and it is the model of what Star Wars land, I'm going to skip over what it's actually called for the moment, is going to look like Mm -hmm. at both parks. And I saw it on my phone, and then I put it up on our TV, thank you to AirPlay, and I cried. I cried looking at it because there was a video. I forget what video I watched. It wasn't the one that I linked to you here. But as it was just going through, I just imagined myself there. And I just was just like, oh, my God, like I'm in Star Wars, literally inside of it, standing in it. And I I think it's going to be just like when I went to the Harry Potter parks for the first time and I just completely lost my mind. Mm-hmm. And started crying. So, uh, Galaxy of Stories was this place where this huge model was, and then they had like some other props and things like around the area. They had a model of what there's the ride that's going to be the First Order and First Order ride. Right. I don't really know much more about it, but they showed like what the ride vehicle is going to look like for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And they had Imagineers and Scott Trowbridge, who is in charge of the Star Wars land stuff, was there doing interviews and talking to people. And so they had people there all day long. So as you went there, if you had questions, they could point stuff out on the model. And it was this big, huge, giant model. I saw something pretty funny where someone had a picture of the model up. And then they're like, and what it will actually look like on opening (laughs) day. And it was just nothing but people. people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because the model just has like some shadow people in there and you're like Mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah, no way that's going to happen. That's going to be wall to wall people. It does. I mean, it it really does evoke a feel of, you know, it's got a lot of Star Wars architecture. There's apparently going to be ships and stuff on the ground for you to look at, picture opportunities, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you're walking into this, and Riley said it. It's immersive, as as much as anything, and and the building looks the the buildings and the structures look like as I said, Star Wars architecture. The um, there's the Millennium Falcon that's sitting right out there, which I know will be absolutely nuts to get to. Here's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to be uh, down in Star Wars land, uh, and a storm come through, and then just be able to hit the loop in Star Wars land. Right. So, uh, coming, you know, 2019 used to seem so far away, but we're literally, I mean, what, less than, we're, we're over halfway through 2017, so it'll be here in no yeah, time. Yeah, no, it's not far away. Mm-mm. Now, here's an interesting thing, and if you head over to Inside the Magic, you can see, uh, look for the video that's titled Interview Star Wars Land Model Tour with Imagineer Scott Trowbridge. He talks about the immersive experience and what it's potentially going to look like, not in great detail, but you make choices. You, okay. You can kind of go about star Wars land in two ways. You can either go chill, relax, or you can be involved in an immersive experience where your decisions affect your entire experience there. So if you're piloting the millennium Falcon and you, he says something along these lines, you bring the ship back and you did a great job with your mission or whatever. You might end up with extra galactic credits in your pocket because there is like that opportunity, I guess, where you can get galactic credits or if you crash it and do all kinds of stuff to it, you may end up with like a bounty on your head and bounty hunters looking for you. So 
there's going to be this whole way that you can fully immerse yourself in that Star Wars land area to where you are a part of that actual story, not just, you know, little Teresa with her Mickey shirt on walking mm-hmm. into Star Wars land to ride a ride. Well, here's what here's what's got to happen then. I need two days. One day just to go chill and enjoy it. And then the next day to full on be a Star Wars character. Mm-hmm. So anyone that's going to go with me, we're going two days. Day one, we're just going to go get the lay of the land. We're going to enjoy the rides. We're going to day two. We're some kind of team. I don't know what, what that is, what that means, but we will be working together to survive, uh, to, to blow up bounty hunters, to win the day, whatever that looks like. Yeah, I don't so. know what it was, what it's going to look like, but it sounds fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we get into the park stuff on Saturday, which we didn't get to with Riley, which is a bummer. But he wasn't at the panel, so I got all of my information from that straight from Twitter. I was literally just glued to my phone. But let's start with Friday. So the very first thing that happened in the morning was the legend ceremony where they induct new Disney legends into essentially the Disney Hall of Fame. Um, I'm just going to go through the list really quickly of everybody that was uh, announced prior to. Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Oprah Winfrey, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Julie Taymor, Wayne Jackson, Gary Marshall, Manuel Gonzalez, and Clyde Jerry Geronimi were all announced prior to. They always do one that's a surprise, and the surprise this year was Whoopi Goldberg. Now... Oh, I guess she was in Lion King. Yes. Okay. I was about to say... And now, Sister Act. Was, oh, Sister which, Act was Touchstone? Yes. Okay. Great. Well, good for her. Well, and she did... She also did some stuff for the parks as well. Uh, I think right. it was in Epcot, maybe. Okay. Where it, she narrated something. And I understand that she and Imagineer Wayne Jackson had to cut their speeches down to two minutes apiece because Mark Hamill went for five hours. He did talk for a while. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, glad. I tell you what, I was glad to see uh, Stanley, who's a legend in his own right, and and of course his wife just recently passed, and we yeah. thought some prayers there with them for that. And the late Jack Kirby, who is he is he along with Stanley and Steve Ditko are architects. I've been using that word a lot. I need to stop. They are the creators. They're they are the trinity of of, of Marvel. Um, as we know it today, truthfully. Um, Kirby's art, Stanley's storytelling, Ditko's uh, creative art and storytelling along with Stanley, those guys did it all. And um, and so I, I think I'm safe to say that they are a, a holy trinity of Marvel uh, history and um, definitely deserved uh, to be in there. Gary Marshall, of course, is a legend in television and movies as well. And he passed last year, so um, he he definitely deserves to be in there. They could have got Paul F. Tompkins to come and accept on his behalf, I guess, but I guess they didn't do that. Yeah, and for people who don't know, um, you should know Gary Marshall, but the odd couple, Happy Days, Liver and Shirley, Mark and Mindy. He also did uh, Pretty Woman and The Princess Diaries. Mm-hmm. So Julie Taymor, if you don't know who she is, she is a... Oscar-nominated filmmaker, a Tony winner, an Emmy winner, a Grammy winner. She's a huge choreographer, but her biggest thing, and it's a lot of it's for Broadway, 
her biggest thing, though, was the adaptation of The Lion King on Broadway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she also Wasn't she also tied to the uh, Spider-Man Broadway play? I don't know. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Uh, some people were asking about Oprah, Oprah Winfrey and why she would be inducted. And, I mean, Disney touched on pictures and ABC. They all work together, and they're the ones that actually brought the Oprah Winfrey show. So there's that. And then she was in Princess and the Frog. She's going to be in A Wrinkle in Time. So, you know, she does have a Disney connection, which I don't know if a lot of people knew that. Let's see. Obviously, we know why Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill were there. Manuel Gonzalez, which not a lot of people know of, he was one of 33 artists that were selected from thousands to join Disney in 1936. And he started penciling for Mickey Mouse comic strips. Uh, oh, wow. in 1938. So he, that's pretty cool. So definitely. So Clyde, if he was penciling Mickey Mouse comics, his fingerprints are all over that character from mm-hmm. from from back in the 30s forward. Mm-hmm. And then Clyde uh, Geronimi, he joined the Disney Studio in 1931, working first as an animator for several memorable Mickey Mouse Silly Symphony and Pluto cartoons, and then he eventually contributed to more than 50 of the <clears throat> studio's shorts. Mm-hmm. And then he made the leap over to directing, with the apex of his Disney career being supervising director on Sleeping Beauty. Well, in many of these... Um these speeches are available to see um they people have posted on youtube or what have you as well as the um performance of go the distance from hercules which was which was pronounced which was performed by anika noni rose um who we she's from she's tiana mm -hmm. tiana from princess and the frog um if you can i want to play just a little tiny clip of that because Go the Distance is such a beautiful song, but getting to hear it in her voice was just, like, amazing. People are cheering there as different uh, legends come on the screen behind her as she's singing. And, yeah, and um, she, when she gets to the end of the song, Steve, the last one they show is George Lucas, and the whole room is like, yeah. it's it's kind of an uncomfortable thing because like there's some that people just have no idea who they are, so they don't applaud. And then Betty White comes up, and everyone's like, yeah, and it's like, oh, you know, these other people have families, <laughs> you know, or they may still be alive, sitting there amongst you, you jerks. 
So it's that same thing in the Oscar death reel. It's like, just don't applaud. Just wait until the end. Give everyone their, their, their just due. Um, the animation panel, big stuff. Big, big stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Particularly with Coco. Um, yeah, Coco was probably the highlight. Yeah. It, well, I take that back. The highlight was Ragnar Ralph too, <laughs> but the but the one they were really talking about was going to be Coco because that's the one that comes out next. Right, it's coming out. I didn't realize it was November that it's coming out. I thought it was next year that this movie was coming out. So, um, have we? We've only seen like a teaser, haven't we? Has, has there been a right, full we've trailer? Right, we've seen we've seen a couple trailers, but it's still been kind of vague on what the story actually was, which mm-hmm. is why I put this here. So here's what we know. This is our introduction. Miguel, an aspiring musician whose family long ago banned music, desperate to prove his talent and follow in the footsteps of his idol, Ernesto de la Cruz, Miguel makes a fateful decision and finds himself in the land of the dead, where he meets his extended family and charming trickster Hector, who's voiced by Gail Garcia Bernal. And together they set off on an extraordinary journey to unlock the real story behind Miguel's family history. His history. His history. His Wrong shistery. Shistery. <laughs> For those of you wondering, that's what's written in the show notes. Shistery. Um, is this a Pixar film, right? It is a Pixar okay. film, correct. All right, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, and there was a live musical performance with Benjamin Bratt singing and the... Uh, the mariachi divas who used to perform at Disney World, their uh, Grammy-winning mariachi all-girl group, and they performed on stage. I've seen videos of it, and there's a video here of them playing and them singing, and the little boy that's the singing voice for Miguel also is there, and it was it's pretty it's pretty magical for right. me. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, so much. So much Hispanic stuff. <laughs> so much Latina and Latino. How much Latina? Um, well, so you have that. Christian Bell and Josh Gad were there to talk about uh, Olaf's Frozen Adventure. A 21-minute yes. short that's going to premiere with Coco. Um, 21 minutes. That's a, I mean, that's a substantial little short film. That's. I think that's why they were, they, instead of saying, instead of writing short, I wrote featurette. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, it's not it's, really a short. It's an episode of television is what it is. Basically. It's yeah. like Rebels. Yeah, it's a it's a television episode. So they're going to be showing a television episode. The pilot for Olaf's new television show <laughs> is going to be airing before Coco. Um, here's the thing I was most excited about was uh, Incredibles 2. The, the cast was there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they they revealed some some details. Now, this comes from The Hollywood Reporter. And uh, Brad Bird has said that Elastigirl, not Mr. Incredible, will be the star of this film. She's yeah. going to be having, uh, she's going to be off adventuring, and her husband will be home with the baby. And um, this time around, Huck Milner will be voicing Dash. Samuel Jackson is back as Frozone, and Brad is, Bird is reprising his role as Edna Mode. He also showed off the first footage from the film to the eager crowd. The first clip, which is a work in progress, showed Jack Jack as he wanders outdoors after his dad falls asleep. And there he shows off his newfound superpowers as he gets into a confrontation with a raccoon. Uh, his trick, he can multiply. So it's a fundamentally a story about family, Bird said, adding the latest technology is allowing them to enhance the animation. The technology, of course, has gotten much better. And so he says they can get them close to what they wanted to do in the original. It's like driving a better car. 
He showed new animation tests of the family as well as concept art that revealed the Incredibles have a new house, and it's a super lair. Um, mm-hmm. The downside is made up of sharp corners, which is not ideal for a baby. So this well, and apparently, apparently, Mister Incredible doesn't know about Jack Jack's powers. So he's at home with Jack Jack, has no idea what Jack Jack can do. Does do they not? I thought they did. I thought at the end of the movie they did know. They didn't know. He did that, and they weren't they weren't in the room. Yeah, but they but he but dude catches him. Uh, 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 bad guy took him and was flying away, and that's when Jack Jack really went nuts. Right, and I, but they didn't see that. They just I saw him when did. he came back. I thought they did because he puts a little mask on at the end when the Underminer shows up. But anyhow, oh, see, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I thought I read that somewhere. You but might have. You might have. But I, 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 maybe they don't know the extent of his powers. I don't know. Maybe. But this, this sounds like what's going to be happening is, is the last girl's like, no, 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 no. You, it's your turn to stay home with the kid, and um, and she's going to be off on a mission, and mm-hmm. um, oh my gosh, let me tell you something. I love The Incredibles. I, I think, um, and and we because we haven't really done favorite Pixar movies, right? I think The Incredibles may be my favorite Pixar movie. Um, I I absolutely love that movie, and it was uh, it was a surprise for me back in two thousand five when it came out. Um, I went and saw it because it had a Revenge of the Sith trailer attached to it at the beginning, <laughs> and just sat through it and absolutely ended up loving this movie. So. Um, so I, I was excited about uh, 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 an Incredibles two sequel, and glad they had some details about it at D twenty three. So this next one, I'm really excited about, just because we just covered Wreck It Ralph yes. on the show. Mm-hmm. But Wreck It Ralph two, Ralph breaks the internet, has really made its way on the scene. I think it was the biggest thing out of this panel. So we know that they're going off into the internet. And the reason they're going off into the internet is because something breaks in sugar rush and they have to go out to the internet to like find the part or something. (laughs) Nice. They got to go find a patch. Nice. Yeah. So this was amazing because they're going through the internet and they're going to different like websites. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to skip down here to this third bullet point here. So they leave the arcade, they venture into the, into the internet and the um, Penelope and Ralph, both voiced by their same people, mm-hmm. Fixit Felix and Sergeant Calhoun, all go out into the internet and they meet a character named Yes with three S's. And she's an algorithm and she is, let me see if I can find it, she plays an important role in Ralph and Penelope's journey. She's played by Taraji P. Henson. And Yes is a new character who owns the website Buzzaholic, similar to BuzzFeed. Right. And so she knows everything cool and on trend. And so, and she spells her name with three S's because she's savvy, smart, and sexy. Nice. (laughs) So they meet her, so that's cool. But then they also find their way to (laughs) ohmydisney.com, which is one of the Disney kind of pop websites and it's here that Vanellope has a sleepover with all of the Disney princesses Wow! and gets kind of inducted into being a Disney princess herself in fact at D23 they were calling her a princess so I don't know if that means that she's getting added to the princess lineup which would be pretty cool but here's the best part about it all of the original voice actresses 
voiced their princesses for this segment of the movie. Really? Yes. And they brought them out on stage. So on stage came out um, Ali Cravalho, who is Moana, Kristen Bell, Anna in Frozen, Kelly McDonald, who is Merida, Mandy Moore, who is Rapunzel, Anika Noni Rose for Tiana, Irene Bedard, who is Pocahontas, Linda Larkin, Jasmine, Paige O'Hara, Belle, and Jody Benson from Ariel all came out on stage to stand with Sarah Silverman. Well, I think we've got some audio here. It's the only way to save the game, right? Absolutely. Oh, well, never mind. Hmm. And Ralph and Vanellope have to travel into the internet and find a replacement part. It's the only way to save the game, right? Absolutely. Well, I thought they were going to show, I thought this clip would show the princesses appearing, um, but it did not. All right. Uh, this yeah, and this clip lied appearance. to me. This clip lied to me. Sorry. And there is also an appearance from C-3PO as well. Oh, nice. So the people at the panel got to see all of this amazingness. I wish I could have, but yeah, the oh my gosh, <laughs> how freaking cool! <laughs> Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah, I'm look. Of course, I'm looking forward to that. That was some good stuff, and that'll be November of next year. So mm-hmm. we're we're on the cusp of that. There was also some Toy Story four news. Um, it's it's not being directed by. Um, John Laster. John Laster, as was originally said, Josh Cooley is stepping in to direct. Um, Frozen 2 has yet to have a title attached to it, uh, but it's coming in 2019. And um, a new Pixar movie about a suburban fantasy world uh, inspired by the question, Who is my father? is coming uh, Mm -hmm. down the road. So I'm sure that will be one that makes us all question existence and life and the type of people that we are and the parents we want to be. Yeah, and then the last thing is they, of course, did talk a little bit about Disney Toons Studio, and there's an untitled Disney Toons uh, movie coming, and it's going to be based in space. And from what I saw people tweeting, if the eyes are any sort of giveaway, it's in that world of cars, planes, okay, stuff. All right, cool. Well, so um, so that was the animation panel there on Friday. Um, we, we've talked through the live action panel and, and then we get to the Disney parks information on Saturday, mm-hmm. which we've touched on the, um, we've touched on the star Wars stuff a little bit. Uh, what else have we got? Cause I know there's some cool stuff from the resorts and everything as far as, uh, types of stays you can have, um, coming up. And we've talked, we've stuff. talked about that before with the star Wars night that you can go spend the night in an immersive star Wars Right. We'll we'll get to that. There's several things about the hotels. So let's start with Walt Disney World. Mm -hmm. There was a ton of announcements. So I'm going to start us off in Hollywood Studios. So we got the model of Star Wars Land, but the name is what the big thing was, which it will be called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So the land has a name. I think I'm just going to keep calling it Star Wars Land. I mean, because it fits yeah. into that Walt Disney World. It fits in that Disney World motif. You know, you got Tomorrowland, Frontierland, Adventureland. Right. I think they're calling it that because of the immersiveness and everything. I understand. So, it's like for, for like, it's not Harry Potter World. It's mm-hmm. the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Sure. Which, you know, just flip you. the words around. But but yeah, everyone so Wars, but everyone calls it Harry Potter World. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now here's. An interesting thing. We know that it was opening in 2019, but Bob Iger said at the very first opening thing he said 
in the legend ceremony is that people who attend D23, because it's every two years, mm-hmm. two years from now, will be able to visit Star Wars land. All right. So we're talking we're talking first, second quarter 2019 that's going to be open then. And we're talking probably Disneyland Resort, not necessarily Hollywood Studios. I don't think they're going to open at the same time because it would be impossible for Bob Iger to be in both places. And we know he's going to want to be there. So I think we're going to see Disneyland open first. We also may see it open in stages. Mm-hmm. So it may not all be open when it first opens, which I'm okay with. Yeah. That's fine. Well, see, there's been theories because there's no Star Wars Celebration next year. There's been theories that Star Wars Celebration may go by coastal and they may do a simultaneous opening during Star Wars Celebration, both in Anaheim and Orlando. Right. We, I mean, honestly, we have no idea because mm-hmm. that would be Star Wars Celebration D23. The opening of Star Wars Land is all going to, and Episode Nine are all going to culminate in 2019. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and they moved the episode nine to being in may mm-hmm. so i'm steve i'm gonna tell you this right now i'm scared out of my mind <laughs> because if they're planning all of this stuff to happen at the same time i i can't handle it my body in my brain physically cannot handle it that's like overload why why like spread it out throughout the whole year let me let me ease myself into it don't try to kill me well, I think the idea of if you're at D23 in 2019, you can visit Star Wars Land. I don't think he's saying it's going to be opening during D23. I get the sense that it's going to be opening before. I think that it will have been open already when D23 happens. Either way, even if, okay, take D23 away, fine. But the movie coming out, the park opening, and celebration all happening at the same time, why do they want to kill me, Steve? What? Well, I mean, it's a bigger version of what happened several years ago when they shut down the first Star Tours and relaunched Star Tours. Um, you know, you had your last, your your big last ride at Celebration Five, I believe it was, and um, you know, it, it's just one of those. I don't know. I mean, look, there. I think they've given up and they're like, well, we own so much now, we're competing with ourselves anyway, so let's just do it. Let's take all the money from all the people. Yeah, I know, right? Seriously. Um, okay. What else we got here? Epcot? All right, so from... No, we're still in Hollywood Studios. Oh, okay. So there is a new ride coming. It will actually be replacing the Great Movie Ride. Well, that So sucks. the Great Movie Ride is set to close on August 13th of this year, so it's coming up. There's not much left. You've got about a month or so to go and check it out. And the new ride is going to be called Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Hmm. And it's a game-changing attraction. They pointed out, and it was interesting, I hadn't really noticed this, they pointed out that up to this point in time, there has never been an attraction or a ride that features Mickey Mouse. Oh, wow. There just isn't one. Yeah. So this is going to be um, an original story that will take guests on a journey inside the world of Disney Channel's Emmy Award-winning Mickey Mouse cartoon shorts. And this is the kind of new short style that we've seen and you remember how we were both kind of like eh on the new style of the shorts Mm -hmm. i've been watching a lot of them lately they're hilarious steve yeah there's this one with goofy called potato land and it just oh my god it owns me every single time but he he looks so weird 
I know, but I've I've actually gotten used to it, and it's really funny. Like, and I like it. Okay, so now, like the other it. day, the other day, my my nephew and niece they had on something from old Disney Junior, and it had Mickey and Minnie and the gang, and they were doing stuff, and even old Ludwig von Duck was there, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, he, uh, they all look normal. They look like normal characters. I'm like, I could get behind this. I don't know. Well, that was probably Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Okay. Well, I liked it. I liked that look for them. I, I just I can't get behind these these Disney shorts and the way they look. What's it called? Potato. What What did you say it was called? Potato po- Land. Potato Land. Basically, Goofy's driven past the sign for Idaho for Potato Land like his whole life, and he wants to go to Potato Land because he thinks it's an amusement park made out of potatoes. Oh, nice. So. <laughs> Mickey and Donald have to make him one. They make him a potato land? Yeah. All right. Like, Goofy doesn't have pants on in these shorts. <laughs> like, he needs to, like, put some pants on Goofy. Anyway, okay. Now, here's the really cool thing about it, is that they're finding a way to make the flat world of the Mickey Mouse cartoons into a dimensional display that they're calling two and a half D. So you don't need 3d glasses for this. Oh, nice. So they're going to find a way to do that. Um, but like I said, it's going to take the place of the great movie ride. They don't have an opening date for Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway yet. Now here's one of the bigger things that sort of surprised everybody. I'm really excited for it. Probably more excited than I am for star Wars land at the moment because it's so much closer. Toy Story Land is going to be opening at Disney's Hollywood Studios next summer. Oh, wow. So, where is that going to be? Are they expanding That's down from where the Midway Madness is and all? Um, it, I saw it. It's it's near there. Yeah, it's kind of going, going back behind Toy Story Midway Mania, expanding that way. And there's going to be a new entrance for Toy Story Midway Mania within the new Toy Story Land. The big thing for me, of course, is the Slinky Dog coaster. I cannot <laughs> wait to ride Slinky Dog. <laughs> like, come on. Let's just talk about the the Slinky Dog coaster. Nice. Oh, man. Hmm. So it's just crazy that it's opening so soon. Yeah. I know they weren't adding a ton of stuff. They were adding Slinky Dog coaster and I think maybe a few other smaller type attractions and, you know, shopping and photo ops and stuff. So... That's opening super, super soon. And then let's go over to Epcot. This is a big thing. Epcot's getting ready to have its 35th anniversary. Ken, I'm sorry. I don't mean, I do mean to interrupt you or I wouldn't, but I need to ask something really quickly. By removing the great movie, right? I mean, that's all right there in the in the area that looks like Man's Chinese Theater and all this stuff. Um, I have to imagine that's going to be completely remodeled, redone. The The facade will be staying. Really? Mm-hmm. So, are, so, from what we've heard so far, I'm just wondering if they're getting ready for a whole rebranding of Hollywood Studios. I think they should, though. I think yeah. the name needs to change because it doesn't really apply anymore. Nope, I agree. But I was just wondering if maybe that's going to be the case, and uh, you know, um, maybe they, I don't know what they would call it, but I'm just saying it, it seems like they're kind of gearing, they're leaning in that direction. But and that's neither here nor there. Oh, so Epcot coming up 35 years. 
Yeah, and actually, um, let's take a, sh- a very, very short pause break. Maybe you can vamp. Something's going on with my cat, and she won't be quiet. I hear so the I cat. need to go figure out what is going on with I her. I hear the cat. I'm looking through yeah. here. We'll get to DuckTales and some of the television stuff momentarily. I was really excited to find out about this big Hero 6 TV series that's coming. I'm not really excited, but I'm interested in it. I, that's uh, That's been one of my favorite Disney movies in a while was Big Hero 6. And, of course, we all know DuckTales, and they actually have released footage from the first DuckTales. Uh, I'll let Teresa comment on that when we get there. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna. It's going to take me some getting used to the voices because Huey, Dewey, and Louie used to talk like Donald, only a little younger sounding. And um, man, I can really hear David Tennant in Doctor Scrooge, in Doctor Scrooge, in uh, in Uncle Scrooge. And so it's just, yeah, it's going to take me a minute. It's going to take me some time to get used to the voices. But one of the cool things that was mentioned is um, is that there there may be references to uh, there are possible references to uh, Darkwing Duck. And, um, of course, the aforementioned Ludwig von Drake is going to have an appearance. He actually will appear as an inventor from Scrooge's past who provides Scrooge with the pogo cane that you may remember from the DuckTales video game that Scrooge would walk around on. It uh, That's actually going to premiere on August 12th on Disney XD as a two-part movie. And the series will happen on the 23rd, season two has already been greenlit and there is a sneak peek uh that's out there now i watched it on the youtubes the other day i would check it out um like i say it's going to take me some time to get used to the voices because the voices are not like uh like they used to be and i was a huge ducktales viewer back in the day um no talk of old launchpad and um, oh i think he's going to be there though yeah i mean he has to be right I think so. I mean, there has been, I know you're talking about that now, so let's jump down there. Uh, there was mention of Darkwing Duck. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mentioned that. Just possibly making yes. appearances, so that's really cool. You know, I watched the teaser, the you know, the one where Huey doing Louie running so, around yes. in webbies. Yeah, I watched it as well. Like mm-hmm. shooting stuff. Greg and I lost it. We were just like, this is awesome. Greg actually goes, when does that start? Hmm. I like it. It looks great. It looks like it's got the same, you know, feel and everything and flavor of the original. Uh, it's going to take me some time to get used to the boys' voices. Because if you remember, they used to kind of have the Donald Duck thing going on with their voice. Where where it's a little more ducky. Um, but other than that, I, I, yeah, I'm on board. Did I lose you? Did we lose No, you, you oh. didn't. I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Yeah, I was muted. Oh, okay. And I lost my my show notes and my stuff. Okay, here we go. All right, so we're back at Epcot. Yes. <laughs> Let's go back to Epcot. So Epcot's going to have its 35th anniversary. They like to do stuff, and they're celebrating Parks anniversary. So here's the first thing. Teresa, you're, gonna... Teresa, you're breaking up. I don't know what's going on over there. I, I don't know either. Hang on. Is someone trying to call? Is someone trying to interrupt your 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 time on the show? Oh, I I have no idea what you just said. That is amazing. That is amazing how badly that just sounded. It sounded like someone took a popcorn popper and stuck it up to the microphone and cranked up the pitch on it a little bit. So it's like like that. I have no Teresa. I've lost Teresa. I have no idea what's going on in the Epcot. 
so I can't talk about it. I'm looking at an article here, and I don't, I can't. There's Toy Story Land. I see that there. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Perfect. You know how sometimes your internet just like sort of glitches for a second? Yes. And everything stops? Yes. Like that's what happened. Like I couldn't scroll on my web pages or anything. Like everything just halted. Oh, yeah. Uh, stupid. Stupid computers yeah. and technology. So let's All right. So in Epcot, the first thing we have is that can you hear me good? Yes, good. fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So Guardians of the Galaxy is getting a ride at Epcot. How? I, well, I don't know, and I think it could be that Guardians isn't featured at Universal, so they can use it. Oh, smart move, Disney. Yeah. Now, it's gonna, going to replace Ellen's Energy Adventure, uh, oh. and that's set to close <laughs> August 13th. Oh, hate to see that go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I am kind of sad, and I'll, I'll tell you why. It's a great ride in the AC that's like a good 25-minute nap. 25 minutes? Good night. <laughs> it could be shorter, but, you know, it's a good nap. I also lost my phone there once. At Ellen's Energy Adventure. Oh, you're breaking up again. You lost your phone at Ellen's Energy Adventure. I did. I lost it. I have, I have successfully lost my phone in three of the four parks at Walt Disney World and gotten it back. So uh, here, this article from D23.com says the teams are thinking big when it comes to Epcot as they continue to realize the original vision of the park while making it more timeless and relevant than ever before. Imagineer Tom Fitzgerald, who worked on the original plans for Epcot, stressed that Epcot will always be the place where the real becomes fantastical and the fantastical becomes real. So that seems like a perfect fit for the old Guardians. Yeah, and if you can hear me, mm-hmm. yeah. one of the things that they said is that it makes sense because Star-Lord actually visited picture. Oh, my Lord. What is going on? Let me refresh the call. We're going to refresh the call here with Teresa Delgado. It was poor. Uh, speech was not natural and sounded distorted. Sending feedback finish and now we call back not riley here let me in let me in this let's go over here and now we call and now we call back call back what a long episode this is turning out to be for everybody okay i'm glad you called me on here i was trying to find my headphones did i call you on your phone well if my phone rings okay okay so let's start this over. <laughs> so it, it's a fit for Epcot because Star Lord went to Epcot as a boy. Yes. Okay, we good? Oh, perfect, fantastic, yeah. Okay, so, so Guardians of the Galaxy makes sense because Star Lord visited Epcot as a child. Mm-hmm. So there we go. Then the next thing at Epcot is actually a ride that is at Disneyland Paris, which is focused on Ratatouille. Ooh. So that's going to be going over in the France Pavilion. And uh, I'm kind of excited. I've heard really positive things about it, you know, as far as like 
the ride in France and people in France in Paris and then really liking it. And all those Ratatouille people will be really excited about that also. All those what now what do you mean all those Ratatouille people? I have a lot of friends that are big Ratatouille fans. And you're like, not. I like it. I'm just not a massive Ratatouille fan. Does it bother you when all the rats start swarming the kitchen to help cook? No. Yeah, it's kind of nasty when you think about it. It is, though. That is true. All right. The next thing is actually at the China Pavilion. They are going to be doing a new film for the China Pavilion. So, Because each of the pavilions has like a, a movie you can go and watch or an attraction that you can go and get like the history of it. Mm-hmm. And except for Norway now, because the Frozen ride's in there, but they're going to redo the China Pavilion with a brand new uh, digital camera system, very similar to Circle Vision, which was another technology that they used for these films. And they're going to be doing that in China. The next thing is that Mission Space, which has been closed for some time, is going to reopen this August. And so they were updating the missions, and so they're updating the orange mission right now, and they're adding a brand new green mission, which will, because there was different levels of rides you could take Mm -hmm. for your intensity level, and the brand new green mission will take guests on a stunning tour around the Earth, so that this is for, like, younger kids and people who don't like super intense rides and stuff like that, so that's pretty cool. And then the next thing is that there is a new restaurant going in adjacent to Mission Space, which is going to be a table service restaurant. So you need reservations for it. And you'll travel high above the earth for an unforgettable dining experience. And the windows will all look out into space. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And the the rendering that they're showing, the concept art, has like astronauts floating around outside, like knocking on the window and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really, really neat. We don't have a date or anything for for this stuff, but it's just stuff that we know that's coming. Now, let's jump over to Magic Kingdom. Okay, is this the big thing that we're all excited this about? Is, this is the big thing. This okay. is the thing okay. I texted Steve about in the middle of his movie. Okay, hold on. Go ahead. A Tron... Light Cycle Ride is coming to Magic Kingdom. Oh, let me tell you something. This is going to get my fat tail to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, when I saw that they were doing this over in uh, Shanghai, is that where they've got the where the new one? Yes. Opened? I, I, I've seen video of this ride, and I'm just like, oh, if we could only get this in America. And now, listen, I think Shaz and I will both be really excited. Shaz Bazaar will both be very excited to go visit. The old, uh, the old Magic Kingdom, and go, go ride a little bit of, uh, go ride a little bit of the light cycle. Here we go. Everybody, break it down with you. Get your glow sticks out. Your data disc. Uh oh. Here we go. So in this thing, the, the ride is actually you sit down and you're locked onto a light cycle, right? Yeah, from what, from what I hear. Have you seen the video from Shanghai? I haven't. Oh, Teresa, it's really cool looking. I got to be honest with you. Because yeah, no, I'm excited about it. 
the thing that I'm really excited about is that it's not actually replacing the Tomorrowland Speedway because that was the rumor is that the Speedway where you drive the little cars around yeah. was going to be booted out for Tron, but it's not. They're actually going to put it in right next to Space Mountain in some of that space that they have there, and I can visualize it in my head. So it's so cool. Yeah, that's a good one-two punch. Can't, I'm, I'm hoping I'll be able to have my phone and be able to put my headphones in at least on one time riding through and uh, and crank this up for myself. And I'll be taking out all the bad guy life cycles and everything. I'll just be like, this is amazing! <laughs> But then when I really get ready to break it down, I'll really break it down, and people will know that Fat Steve has been... In fact, in the original Tron, one of the characters was actually kind of pudgy, and um, and that's who I imagine that I'll end up being. Of course, he got vaporized, of course. He got deleted. But, hey, come on. I'll be the fat guy that gets deleted in Tron World. Why not? <laughs> Tron World. Now, there's one other thing coming to Magic Kingdom, and this is the... Well, look, uh, I'm really sorry... Teresa, to interrupt you, but I want to get to the really good breakdown part of the song. I didn't think it was this far in. I was wrong. Here we go. All right, I just had to get to where the orchestra kicked in with the beat and everything. Sorry about that. I'm, you know what? No, I'm not sorry, Teresa. Now, let's proceed. <laughs> All right. Now, the one thing we do know, you reminded me, uh, the one thing we do know about the Tron ride is that it will be up and running for Magic Kingdom's, I want to say it's their 50th. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. You're Maybe right. I'm wrong. No, you're spot 50th on. 50th anniversary yep. in 2021. Yep. So that's not far away. Mm-mm. It's just really not far away. And the next thing that they have for Magic Kingdom, which is really cool, I think, is they're putting in a theater and it's going to be for live entertainment of some sort. They haven't yet said what is going to be in this theater, just that they're going to be building it right off of Main Street. So it's a live entertainment theater. It's inspired by the iconic Willis Theater in Kansas City, where Walt lived after he left Marceline. And it's going to be right off of Main Street, and it will be an entirely new venue for world-class entertainment. That's all we know. So we'll just have to see what that means, but I'm excited. Now, what is, I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but what is it, why, why does that excite you at all? Because it's a new, well, we don't know what's going to be inside of it, but it could be, it could be plays, it could be musicals, it could be, you know, it could be live, like, maybe it's, I don't know, like the, all the princesses come and sing and they do a, you know, a tour there or something. Mm -hmm. Like it could be so many different things and it's air conditioned and inside. So, yeah. So there you go. That's all that matters. I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else ends up inside is this Tron ride, and it looks amazing. This thing is just—I'm watching the video right now. 
again and the way the building and all is set up like there's so much it looks like it's off in the distance there's a lot of use of cool glass and mirrors and that sort of thing and um and of course you know the 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 classic disney imagineering going into this thing where it just seems like you're in this vast endless space you know that is the grid and uh and you're going up against other light cycles and stuff oh this is going to be so much fun i know i'm excited for it I, i hope that it rains and everyone leaves the park, and I can just hit the loop on this thing. <laughs> the Tron loop. Here's what you need to do. When you uh, when you go to Disney World with Steve, just hope and pray that it rains, because I will sit out the rain with you, and then we'll hit the loop on these on these rides. Dude, I'm down. Yep. Can we hit the loop once, like, meeting Goofy? Like, we meet him, leave, get in line. Meet him, <sighs> leave, get in line. <laughs> Nothing would make me happier. My little nephew <laughs> okay. got to meet Goofy. I sent you that picture. Yeah. I had breakfast with him. All right, so the next thing, we're going to jump into resort hotels now. Mm-hmm. So this may not excite a lot of people, but people like Scott Rifen and myself, this is going to really excite us. They are making the 15th Disney Vacation Club property called Disney Riviera Resort. It's going to be located over by the, Car- the how do you say it? Do you say Caribbean or Caribbean? It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. All right. Well, I'm going to say Caribbean this mm-hmm. time around. That's not what I usually say. That's fine. But over by the Caribbean Beach Resort, it's going to be located near Epcot with a rooftop restaurant that will have views of nighttime spectaculars from Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Cool. We have like just concept art of what it's going to look like. I am excited for this. We don't know much more, but as a DVC member, yes. <laughs> Now, is this now, the concept art? I'm, now, what is this actually? I haven't seen, I guess, this concept art. The concept art I'm looking at right now is for something that seems different. So, if you... Uh, I think the second link I have on our show notes is the one I'm actually looking at. Okay. From www.magic.com. And they're showing the proposed concept art that I've seen on Twitter and stuff for the resort. It has a couple of cars driving up and stuff. Okay. It looks really cool. But let's jump into the one that I know you, you're you super, super pumped about. This is going to be the immersive Star Wars-themed hotel. We talked about this a while back, a few episodes ago. They were kind of putting it out there of what do you think. And I remember saying I wasn't that excited about it. I mean, I felt like it was going to be really expensive and, you know, really weird for a couple nights. And I just, I wasn't all into it. I'm still cautious. Mm-hmm. I, I am pumped that it's happening, but I also know that it's going to be stupidly expensive. Sure. Which, okay. Uh, but this is what we know. It's an immersive Star Wars themed hotel. It will be the most experiential concept ever. Hmm. Dedicated entirely to the galaxy of Star Wars, guests will have a one-of-a-kind experience where a luxury resort meets a multi-day adventure in a galaxy far, far away. Um, we don't know any opening you know, stuff yet, exactly where it's going to be built. We don't know any of that. But some of the pictures of this, Steve, I want to stay in those beds. The pictures that I've seen. And sure. every window of this place is going to be open to space. Wow. Every window. And you'll be on an adventure. There's going to be stuff you have to do. You might even have to dress the part. Like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I I will have to do it at least once. But, man, 
I really want a Star Wars hotel that I can just go and sit in, not necessarily have to pay two thousand dollars. Right, there. right. Yeah, that that's that's the thing when it when it comes down to um, when it when it comes down to it, the the last thing I, I this is going to be a once in a lifetime experience for most of us if we get to mm-hmm. do it because it's going to be a save up massively and then go do it and never go back and do it again. Right. Ever. So, and that's fine. I mean, you know, look, that is that is what it is, and that's fine. That's, you know, that's fine. But, I, you know, it's, it gives me something to save up for, you know. True. This in a house. Right. So. <laughs> All right. So, moving off of that, let's talk about some transportation stuff, because this is actually really, really good news for Disney World, in my opinion. They are getting two new forms of transportation. The first one we'd already heard rumors about, and they've already started building some of the hubs for this stuff. It is the Disney Skyliner. This is going to be gondola transportation in the air. And it's a system that will give the guests a bird's eye view of Walt Disney World. The Skyliner is going to connect Epcot, Disney's Hollywood Studios, Disney's Art of Animation Resort Hotel, Disney's Pop Century Resort Hotel, Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort, as well as the new Disney Riviera Resort I just talked about, which is the DVC, and possibly the Transportation and Ticket Center, which is where all of the trams and monorails and everything run out of to go to Magic Kingdom. It is going to connect all of that, and you will ride in a gondola in the air so that you don't have to take the bus if you don't want to. Hmm. I'm actually really excited. <laughs> I think it's going to be so cool. I, I don't have any opinions. I, I don't use the transportation down there enough to have an opinion of this, but it does sound very cool. I think it's going to be neat to be able to just float around in the air, you know? Yeah. I might just ride this for a day. Just for the fun of it. Just, just ride around, well, they've got everything. And I noticed they've got uh, a funny pun going on with the minivan service that they're testing now at Walt Disney World. They do, and this has been announced and they are they have started testing it. They have some minivans, which are basically their Chevrolet Traverses, mm-hmm. I guess is what they are. They hold about seven to eight people, so they're not actually minivans, but they are painted like Minnie Mouse. <laughs> and this has been rumored for a while because there's so much use of Lyft and Uber on the Disney property that Disney might want to jump in on it and have their own form of that, mm-hmm. you know, rideshare service. And so this is going to be a more point-to-point transportation system because right now, if you're at staying in a Disney resort, getting to the parks is easy because you have the buses or the monorail or whatever, or the boats, depending on where you're staying. But if you want to get from resort hotel to resort hotel for like a dining reservation, it is like you know, trying to figure out, okay, well, we just did this on the trip that we just took. So we need to take the boat from here, from the Polynesian, over to Magic Kingdom to go catch a bus to Boardwalk to go to our breakfast reservation. That was the fastest way to do right. it, unless I want, unless you got a cab. You know, so mm-hmm. using the free transportation, you have to do like this whole workaround. Yeah. So now there's going to be the minivan service. What we know about it so far is that it will eventually work with the Lyft app. So. 
Lyft rideshare service. And when you're at Disney World, the minivan option will be unlocked mm-hmm. for you to use the minivan rather than Lyft. And that right now we've heard that the pricing is going to be $20 one way, no matter which way you're going. Um, it will hold seven to eight people, like I said. And your drivers will all be Disney cast members instead of random people. Instead of randos. Yeah. So it'll be rando. So, it'll be rando cast members. Um, I'm seeing that this is in soft opening this week, and then next week it'll be available on the app, on the Lyft app. Right. So everyone and that's you, headed down the, to Disney World next week. Now here's the thing, though. I think Disney might eventually move away from the Lyft app and be able to incorporate this right into the My Disney Experience app. I just don't think they have the technology open for it, so they're part- probably partnering with Lyft right now until they can get it done on their own so that you can pay for it in your you know on your app and all that yeah. stuff uh, on your phone but this would have been great a few weeks ago sure i'm just saying. let me ask you this and of course the, the pricing may change too well let me ask you this that's what i was going to ask about the pricing for a 20 dollars flat fee i don't really use lyft or uber much I, I get around on my own as it were um is that a decent fee to have to pay to get from point A to point B? Yeah, we used we used Lyft uh, several times uh, while we were down there. And I think we were averaging around $14 or so. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit steeper. But what I would say for me personally, in my mind, I guess the way I rationalize it, is that it's like might cost a little bit more. But I know that I'm being driven by a Disney cast member. Sure who has been, you know, employment verified and all this kind of stuff. And it makes me feel just a, a slight bit more comfortable. Um, granted, I've had nothing but great experiences with Lyft and some, you know, decent experiences with Uber, but more really good experiences with Lyft in the Orlando area. But I might me feel more comfortable in a Disney minivan. Well, and if, and if they're doing this, that means they've got a small fleet of them that hopefully they're doing upkeep on and keeping clean you know the same way they'd keep the parks and stuff clean you know they'll take the same care in this in their little fleet of minivans that they do at the parks and such as and i think it's going to get a lot of use to be honest Mm -hmm. because i think there's going to be a lot of people there are a lot of people that want to go from resort to resort hotel because they've got dining reservations that's probably the biggest thing is that a lot of people are eating at different resort hotels and they want to be able to get there mm-hmm. and they can't get there unless they're doing this roundabout thing right now sure. of, well, we take this bus here, this boat there, and then we get there. And, and I think a lot of people will pay that $20 to just be able to get to point A to point B mm-hmm. without having to figure it all out. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. What else? Any, anything so, else we got that's a, of note with the parks and such? Well, okay, there are a couple of things from Disneyland. I don't have them on my notes right here, so I'm going to go off of it in my head. At uh, Disney California Adventure, Cars Land is going to be getting a Halloween overlay this year. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty neat. They're going to have some Halloween stuff going on over there. In addition to that, right now they have an area of California Adventure called Paradise Pier. It is going to be transformed into Pixar Pier. 
to Whoa. it's going to change into Pixar Pier and it's going to be a place where you can find all your favorite Pixar characters and stuff like that. So it's going to be sort of connecting. Cars Land sits right on the edge of Paradise Pier. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be sort of connecting that whole back end because back in Paradise Pier is where Toy Story Midway Mania is at California Adventure. So I think they're trying to make one cohesive like kind of Pixar place type deal like they're going to have at Hollywood Studios. You know, so it's right. like kind of all coming together. A couple of other announcements for California Adventure. There's going to be an Avengers ride cool. going in over there. And there was something else. There was another ride going in over there. And it's going to make a quote unquote immersive Marvel land uh, happening at California Adventure. Mm-hmm. So that will be very interesting. So I've got also, to, so so I've gotten to go to California now. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then let's see. On top of that, the uh, during the Diamond Celebration for uh, Disneyland, mm-hmm. there was a parade there called Paint the Night, and it was a gorgeous parade. I absolutely loved it. And it is actually going to be moving over to California Adventure. And the daytime parade at California Adventure is going to be moving over to, was it the daytime parade? Maybe it's the evening parade. I don't know. I don't know them that well. Uh, but either way, Paint the Night is going to be going in over at California Adventure. So that's kind of exciting as well. Let's see. What else? What else? I feel like there might have been... A couple of other things. I'm kind of scrolling through my tweets here to make sure to see. Okay, so let me pull this up. A Spider-Man and Avengers ride is what will be going in over at California Adventure to make a superhero immersive world. See, I don't want to not give that enough. We've been going so long. Um, But hello... The Universal Studios Island of Adventure kind of has a cool little area where you're walking through, but the problem is, is it's all '90s style superheroes, which is fine by me, but it does feel a little dated when you're going through there, especially with what we have with the Marvel Cinematic Universe now and everything. And to know that out there, because I, the 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 agreement is east of the Mississippi, it it's Universal gets first dibs apparently. Mm-hmm. And and so knowing they can do this out there, I mean, it's a reason for me to go to California. If they've got an Avengers Marvel land that's even half immersive, yeah, heck yeah. I know that they turned the Tower of Terror out there into a Guardians ride. Hmm. Yeah, they did. They did. And I think that's where it's going to go, mm-hmm. is that they're going to make kind of this Pixar area, and then they're making this whole Marvel area. I'm down. I'm down. I'll be there. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for All it. Right. I think it's cool. All right, I'll meet you out there. Now, last thing I have is for the Disney Cruise Line. They have announced that they will be adding two more ships to their fleet, which is, I don't know exactly what that total brings them to. I don't remember. I want to say it's something like nine ships or something like that. So that's really cool for Disney Cruise Line people. I still have never taken a Disney cruise. I want to, but I haven't yet. Well, there we go. I, look, I, it, it's amazing. I'm just sitting here thinking, 
you bring in the lift rides down at Disney World. You've got all this stuff going in out at Disneyland. You're adding two new cruise ships to the Disney stuff. Disney is becoming the rulers of the world and the biggest employers in the world of any people in the world. Um, right. I mean, come on. What else are you going to do? Is you going to start a? Uh, you going to start an airliner? An airline? Well, the parent they that was something years and years ago. They <laughs> talked about. Like, Greg will talk to you about that all day because that was something they I think had considered doing, and then they said no because of the it would cost too much money and upkeep and stuff. All right. Well, that's my prediction. Within three years. Within three Here's years. Here's the thing for me. This parks panel blew away anything that happened at Star Wars Celebration. Like, we were there and, like, we we got the trailer. It was all this stuff. But I feel like Celebration Anaheim was much bigger, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, there was more going on at it. And then this one, I was like, man, D23 is the place to be. They just blew our minds. They were like, oh, we have this. Oh, wait, we've got this. We've got this. We've got this. Here, take the entire Marvel cast on stage. Some Lion King, some Mary Poppins, <laughs> some like you know, like give everybody everything they yeah. want. Yeah. Well, Good yeah. Lord. Well, it's it's definitely. I mean, it's every two years, and as, as Riley said, it's like a trade show. So they are showing everything they've got coming to excite licensors or licensees to excite. Not only, I mean, this is not just about fans. This 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 whole D twenty three situation is not just about fans. This D23 is to show off for shareholders, for licensees, for anyone that's even thinking about doing business with Disney. This is what we've got coming down the pipe. So, you know, you may want to get on board. You know, Coca-Cola, you may still want to sell your products in our parks. Um, This food distributor, that food distributor, just to kind of see what's happening. So it's it's pretty impressive. Um, We've talked about the DuckTales on TV. Mm Mm-hmm. there's also this Big Hero 6 cartoon that's coming. Yes, I put this in here for you because I know you liked Big Hero 6. I love Big Hero 6. Yeah, Big Hero 6 is coming up here for us to talk about on Disney Ball Talk, but they announced a Big Hero 6 the series. Yep. And it's going to be on Disney XD, and we saw a teaser for it. Uh, you can see it on YouTube. And basically... It looks like it's going to be really, really cool. So it was announced at D23 with a sneak preview of its title sequence and yep. the new original bad guys, the high-tech hero team, will be facing against following their first big outing in the film. According to the accompanying promotional blurb, the narrative will pick up shortly after the events of the 2014 movie with Hero trying to find a balance between being a superhero in his neighborhood and studying as a robotics prodigy. It looks um, it looks really good. It's one of those things I'll check out because I did love the movie and I like the idea of having these characters together, continuing on, um, continuing on some adventures and everything. As long as they don't kill old Baymax again, I'm fine. Yeah, and so here's the other thing: most of the original <laughs> voice cast is going to be returning. Oh, great! And Big Hero Six: The Series has already been greenlit for a second season as well. Oh, wow! Just like Ducktales, so they're putting some throwing their weight behind this and saying you know let's let's do this thing so as if we haven't covered enough we're going to talk more d23 at a further date with the folks from skywalking through neverland because they were actually there too so we're going to be able to get their perspective they were at the animation panel actually for us 
they weren't going to go. And I said, can you please go to that one? <laughs> so we're going to get to get more in depth about what actually happened at that animation panel with them. But good Lord. Yeah. Ton of information. This is a big. This has been a big show, everybody. Really big show. Sorry. No, it's. It, I mean, it's fun to kind of talk about this because I'll be honest with you. You know, I've I've made no secret that um, that I'm struggling these days with my feelings on fandom and geekdom and everything else. That there's not a lot that's really lighting my fire up. And to kind of talk about some of this stuff and to see some of the stuff that that really genuinely looks like I'm going to enjoy it. Marvel's still hitting it home for me. Um, just to look as as much as I say I don't understand revisiting some of these animated series in live action form. Just to just to think about being in that in that room when the lights go down and the sun breaks over the horizon on the screen, you know that's some cool stuff. And um and and, and look Tron ride coming to Disney World. You know finally Tron's getting a little bit of love on the American side as it as it pertains to Disney and. Who knows what that ride could lead to as far as interest being peaked in that property? You know, that, mm-hmm. that we, we could end up with some more Tron stuff. And I know that people like Shaz Bazaar, that, that gets him excited. And I know it makes me excited because those are movies that I really enjoyed. Uh, DuckTales, which we talked about, I, I'm really looking forward to. I've got to get over my stuff with the voices and everything. But come on, that's some good stuff, as well as Big Hero 6. Everyone's excited about the, the Star Wars land down there, Galaxy's Edge. And um, look, it's it's just it's all good news coming out of D twenty three. If you're a fan, so uh, it's a good. It, to me, it's been good. It's been it's been good for me today, Teresa. Good, I'm glad. So, uh, well, how can people get in touch with us if they want to? And I know we've got a huge backlog of emails to get through. We do, we do. <clears throat> uh, well, I guess coming up next, just so you guys know, we're not exactly sure what's going to happen just yet, but we know coming up will be some talk with the folks from Skywalking Through Neverland, as well as having Riley back to talk Frozen. Mm-hmm. So, don't know what order that's going to be in. Don't know if it's going to be two separate episodes. Don't No clue at this point, but it is coming. That's right. So between now and then, you can email us at vaulttalk at gmail.com. There's two T's in the middle there, vaulttalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Disney Vault Talk. Steve is at Steve Glosson. I am at Ice Cold Penguin. And you can find the entire Gulliver's at Gulliver's. And don't forget, if you want to support the shows, we invite you to do so by going to geekoutonline.com. And there you'll find links to Amazon. You'll find links to Fandango to buy tickets to all the movies we've been talking about. You'll find links to Entertainment Earth and, of course, Think Geek. And we appreciate you using those links. They help us out. You can find those links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com. If you want to support the shows directly, we invite you to head over to patreon.com slash geekoutloud and do so. And... um, just uh, by way of going back to something that said way two hours ago, October 2nd will be the 10th anniversary of Geek Out Loud. So we are planning, I'm, I'm started now, planning a big celebration for 10 years of Geek Out Loud coming up um, in October. So everyone mark it on your calendar, October 2nd. Unless it's a Sunday or Wednesday, we'll be celebrating big time. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so that is it for us here. Uh, until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Teresa. May all your days be magical. And may all your wishes come true. 